Only Three Lads is a proud member of the Pantheon Podcast family, home to some of the best music podcasts on the planet. Visit PantheonPodcast.com to discover more. And if you like what we do on O3L, we kindly ask you to please take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the show on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on right now. It really helps us more than you know. Welcome to another episode of the Only Three Lads podcast, where we take a look at the golden age of alternative music from 1974 to 1999. Hello, I'm Uncle Greg. Of course, we have the brain trust of this podcast. We have the PhD, Brett Vargo, and the ambassador, Bueno. Boogie, boogie. Brain trust. <laughs> brain trust. <laughs> you guys are guy? the brain trust. Do you guys know Metal Mickey, the uh, 80s UK TV show? Oh, no, I grew up in no. Phoenix. Yeah. All right. Well, sorry. We had Land of the Lost and we had uh, Wallace and Ladmo. This was a a cheesy sitcom about a robot. So there you go. You must have some really good cable when you were a teenager. I watch it on YouTube now. Oh, you watch it now. Okay. Well, this week, of course, we're taking a look at our top five synth pop songs of the Only Three Lads era. Uh, This week for me, kind of tough because there was a lot of songs that was breaking my heart, leaving them off. But what I did again this week is what the songs meant to me, what how they got me into the synth music or there was always some connection, but there were so many songs that I could have picked. You should see my list. I have a mm-hmm. Brett Vargo list of 742 <laughs> songs, 742. Wow. That's, yeah. That was just the start. And I nailed it down to five. It was insane. And I got to tell you, I mean, wow. I, I love synth pop. I love it. And it, it was something that I rejected for a long time in public, even though I, you know, secretly always harbored this love for it. <laughs> I'm the rock and roller, you know, yeah, I'm the badass. Look out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I love it. In fact, a lot of the music that I listen to now, like modern music, was heavily indebted. I'm right there with you, Brett. I'm right there. That's yep. like Black Audio. Love them. Uh, a lot of this music that I listen to now is because there's some connection to the past. See, that's where we have older brothers and sisters who really influence our music, or we have uncles or aunts or whoever it is in your life who said, yeah. hey, check this out. When Brett, you know, when when the synth pop in 80 and 81 was around, you were like, three is for cookie. It's good enough for me. So then what has <laughs> to happen is later on when you go back and you discover like the Ultravox and Yaz yeah. and Depeche Mode and all that stuff, you're like, wow, this is incredible. And then, of course, where I grew up, my neighborhood, you know, it was Iron Maiden. It was Judas Priest. I love all those bands. I love all those songs. I love, you know, British Steel album. That's one of my favorite. Back in Black. But whenever you listen to... I guess the synth songs, it was more emotional. It wasn't machismo, so it wasn't cool. Yeah. So you kind of had to go in your room and shut the door and go in the closet and listen to the music because, you know, your brother <laughs> would call you, cry. you know, uh, homosexual slurs. And, yeah, but you know, I turned Bueno on to Duran Duran. Yeah. There you go. Well, yeah. No, that was the same thing I was. I mean, like, we've talked about it. My first album I ever bought, Duran Duran. And, of course, you know, that was weird. But I didn't care. I loved it. But you're right. I think there's something about synth pop, just the mechanical nature of the backing tracks. I feel like it actually amplifies the emotion of what the lyrics or the singer or whatever is trying to convey. So, But I'll tell you one thing I'm, I'm not a big fan of. I don't like synthesizers that are supposed to sound like real instruments right i'm not a big fan of synth horns 
synth piano. I want my synthesizers to actually sound like synthesizers. I want them to be alien. I want them to be cold, mechanical, robotic. So yeah, for, that's kind of where I stand on it. Yep. Bueno, what about you? You were in the clubs at this time, tearing oh, it yeah. up. Oh, so yeah. what was it like in a club in 1980? And I don't know, Depeche Mode came on. Well, I could tell you like like when I used to chase around with Richard Blade and stuff and like 82, 83, 84 and stuff, it, it was incredible. We were all over the, the valley. We were all over Orange County, everywhere. And just having him right there and just listening to what he was doing. And it was wild. The people were just having too much fun. I don't know how I could say this, but it was a lot of love going on. Yeah, I bet. You know? A lot yeah. of fun. Mm-hmm. A lot of fun. All right. Well, let's get started with our top five synth pop songs of the Only Three Lads era. I believe I am first this week, and you I'm going to kick it off with my number five of the best synth songs. It's from an artist who, after her music career cooled off in the late 80s, became a prominent gardening expert in England. Her father, Marty, was a recording artist in England, and her brother, Ricky, had a novelty hit as a preteen in Sweden. It was a big hit in Europe. So Ricky was about 17, 18 years old. He was recording new music, and he brings in his sister, Kim Wilde, to do backup vocals, and that's when the label Suits took notice. Of course, Ricky was a bit territorial, and he said that the only one who produces his older sister was him, so he went home, determined to write a hit song for her. How Kim Wilde tells it was that she all night long wanted to go shove Ricky's Wasp synthesizer down his throat, and <laughs> this whole list is going to be filled with Wasp synthesizers because that's where an early synthesizer that every kid could afford and they wrote some of your favorite music on that synthesizer but anyways by morning kids in america was written an early mtv staple and a song that opened my eyes and had me seeking more music like it, like uh, Gary Newman in Cars in 1980. I remember going to the arcade and hearing that and was just hypnotized by it. But it's one of the songs that started my love for all things since, so I had to make my list at number five this week, Kim Wilde, Kids in America. Such a great song. Yeah, it is. It just starts, dun 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 Could you imagine hearing that for like, I don't know, eight hours? dun 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 That's why she wanted to beat the crap out of her brother, but then he made her whole career. And if you ever watched the video, the guy who is playing the synth with the glasses, he's the most enthusiastic. That's her brother, Ricky, right there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't think the song made it past East California, though. I, I don't think it made it out here to the west part yeah. of California. Well, hey, uh, write a song about England and you tell me if you're geographically correct. I'm not holding <laughs> it against them. I mean, uh, Eastern California, a little bit warm if I'm in you know, I'm from Phoenix. So I want to get to the coast. But The kids in America all come from Blythe. Yeah, exactly. Like the ugliest, <laughs> horrible town ever. That's, that That's... is definitely Satan's armpit, Blythe, California. <laughs> what? Come on. Isn't that on I-10 heading over to a- a- Arizona? Oh, yeah. yeah, right yeah. before you get to AZ. Oh, this yeah. Is what I you have to do. stop there and buy a lottery ticket every time. You used to, no, no, no. You don't stop there. in Blythe. You stop in Quartzsite. That's where you buy gas because it's way cheaper in Arizona. And jerky. The taxes. You could buy jerky. You could buy pots. You can buy all kinds of crap. But um, Blythe, <laughs> I just keep driving right on through. Peace. <laughs> 
because now that we have Carl's Jr. everywhere, it used to be maybe you would stop and get Carl's Jr. because they didn't have those in Arizona. Now they're all over the place. So there's no reason. To yeah, stop what, I wonder when are you guys going to send me like an In and Out burger, double double animal style? I haven't had one over 20 years. I've been craving big time. It'll be petrified by the time it gets to you, but you got one. <laughs> there's got to be a way we could send it. I mean, come on, we could send people into space. There's got to be a way we could send him a double double. Uh-huh. And he can still eat it. Yeah. Yeah. And I know people who send uh, pizzas from New York to Phoenix. I've seen that yep. before. Oh. So it's yep. got to be a It way. happens. It happens. Yeah. All right, Bueno, I think you're up this week. Number two. All right. So, my, yeah, my number five is an incredible song by a band, OMD, So In Love, uh, released May 13th, 1985, as the first single from the album Crush. That artwork actually was designed by uh, XL Design, and the promo video were both influenced by the Mexican Day of the Dead uh, Festival. So, uh, so in love is the first uh, single from that album it was originally dropped until band members cooper and mccluskey and humphreys made a demo for the song and mccluskey said it was about a painful ending of a relationship but it was their first hit in the united states after five years of trying to break into the states and peaked at 26 on the billboard hot 100 and the first uh, 50,000 copies of the seven inch single were released as a uh, limited edition double pack and a gatefold sleeve and there were also four different 12 inch singles released and- A long story short, uh, Concrete Hands was their, their B-side on their 7-inch and on their 12-inch, and that's an incredible song, and uh, so in love. Uh, that's my number five for the top five synth songs, and the, as Gorilla would say, uh, we'll be forever blue. OMD, great song. <laughs> I love OMD. Oh, me too. That's a great one. All right, Brett, t- tell us a band that we've never heard of that we should. Well, you're definitely going to have heard of this band, and it's not even a band, actually. That's how uh, unobscure this is. For number five, I have to tip my hat to the song that I credit as one of the seminal tracks of synth pop and one of the most influential records ever made, in my opinion. I Feel Love by Donna Summer from 1977. I know you guys are thinking, what? Disco on O3L? Yes. There was, of course, electronic music long before I Feel Love. I'm not going to go into the whole history of electronic music since the 1940s, but, you know, at least from the mid to late 60s, you had bands like the Monkees, the Birds, and the Beatles experimenting with Moog synthesizers. And then, of course, by the 70s, the synthesizer was commonplace in a lot of progressive rock. And, of course, you had electronic pioneers like Kraftwerk building entire songs out of electronic instruments. So why is this track in particular so important? By marrying the hypnotic synth groove to a sultry disco song, I Feel Love brought electronic music to the forefront of pop music and straight onto the dance floor. It was a huge hit around the world, going to number one in multiple countries and number six here in the good old US of A. Now, of course, huge credit goes to producers Pete Below and Giorgio Moradar. That's a terrible <laughs> Italian pronunciation, so I'm sorry, folks both of whom built the track using the sequencer on a Moog modular synthesizer. 
All elements of the song with the exception of the kick drum and of course, Summer's brilliantly cooed vocals are electronically produced. Amazingly, the technology was not as precise as it is now and the synth would go out of tune frequently, so therefore the song had to be recorded in 20 to 30 second chunks. I Feel Love was originally an album track on Summer's fifth album, I Remember Yesterday, and I have a whole collection of Donna Summer albums, so if you haven't heard this one, it's a cool album. It's a musical journey that starts off by evoking the 40s, and then each song moves through a decade until it finally hits, you know, the 70s and all the disco and R&B. And then the final track, which is I Feel Love, is supposed to represent the future of music. And boy, did they ever hit that nail on the head. Mm -hmm. Dance music in particular would never be the same. Just think about how this record transcends different subgenres of dance music. It would fit into any set of disco, new wave, trance, techno, etc., etc. David Bowie recounted a story once in which Brian Eno came busting into the studio after hearing this track and told him that it was gonna change the sound of club music for the next 15 years, and I would say it did all that and then some. This is really a track whose shockwaves reverberated from its release and continues today. So that's my number five synth pop song, the legendary I Feel Love by Donna Summer. Cool. Uh, there was a song that I almost put on mine, but I wasn't sure because I thought it might cross over into that too. But uh, everybody does Kung Fu Fighting oh, by Kung Carl Fu Douglas. Fighting. Carl Douglas, yeah. I mean, that was like my number seven. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I was really kind of thinking about putting them on there, but yeah. So, but yeah, I just wondered. Hey, it's your list, Bueno. You do what you do. Oh, well, you I do know, but I just really thought do, I wanted. Dude. Yeah, I know. As we've said, let your freak flag fly. Boy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's one thing radio. about disco and synth pop. I think that there's a lot of disco and synth pop, as you were yep. just saying, that it really changed everything. And I grew up driving in the car with my sister and my mother. And so Anita Wood, knock on wood, was always on, you know, disco, YMCA, all that disco stuff. And then it, of course, evolved into synth pop, which I liked a lot more. Yep. But I think yep. that's one of the connectors for me was the disco in that synth. It was the smartest of punks who really understood disco at the time look at that all right there you go all right uncle greg we're at number four right now my number four song is from a time when there was a bit more art and pop music this song the beat pops the song is sexy it's haunting musical artistry the song is fade to gray by visage a song many feel focuses on depression and loneliness and i swear to god you would think that i must be all this stuff i must have some sort of mental illness i think i do but musically (laughs) All the music that I'm into and that I listen to, it's kind of uh, sadder, it's kind of sullen, and I don't know why, but I, this was one of those songs that fade it to gray. It roller coaster going, bro. I get, uh, totally, man. I mean, That's it's what like, it is. <laughs> I'm up, I'm down, peaks and valleys. Um, But Fade to Grey, it's the entire synth era rolled into one song with the new romantic movement sprinkled on top. The song charted around Europe in 80 and 81, number one in Germany and Switzerland. Uh, 
Of course, the members of Visage, they had other bands. Major Billy Curry were in Ultra Vate Formula, and Barry Adamson were in Susie and the Banshees. The song returned to the charts when a Bassheads remix of the song was released. I recently heard this. It's pretty good. It's You can tell it was of the era of 1993 and uh, all the Molly coming into the clubs. So it's a fun little song to listen to, uh, that remix. But number four, Fade to Gray of my top five synth pop songs of the Only Three Lads era. Lovely. What a great Got song. Got my top ten. No crossovers as of yet. Not no. yet. I, we'll I'm see. thinking there's going to be at least one. I don't think well, it's going to be a triple, but it could be. We'll see. But the one I'm talking about is like, uh, what, 39 years old? No, I'm sorry. Take that back. 41. 41 years 78. Old. Yeah. Devo. So uh, my number four is by a, a British synth-pop band called Yazoo. Yazoo. Uh, Yazoo. It's a don't go. It was released in 1982 uh, with Gazoo. On the Flintstones, remember Gazoo, don't you guys? The Great Gazoo. The Great yeah. Gazoo. So uh, it was released in July of 82. This song peaked at number three on the UK charts. Uh, actually became their second top five hit. That other song, Situation, which also went to number one earlier in the year, uh, that music video was a very haunting uh, situation that showed Alison Moye and uh, Vince uh, Clark in sort of a uh, haunted mansion. And uh, Clark cast as uh, Victor Frankenstein. Uh, the song is also featured in the 89 film Tango and Cash. It's also in a whole bunch of different radio stations. Wave 103 appears in the UK dance chart, uh, number 30, peaking at number 15, 2010. I mean, it's all over the place, this song. Birch actually considers this song to uh, be a sharp successor to Only You, and uh, he commented that Vince uh, coaxes uh, the uh, Sterling song out of his synthesizer, where Alpha actually balances it with a metallic clip with a deep emotional packed vocal that gets better with every hearing. Some pretty cool stuff about that song, and uh, went to number one in Belgium, and that's my number four. Gazoo! Don't go, Gazoo! I think the great Gazoo, he was British too, right? Yeah, he was. You imbeciles. <laughs> All right. Well, Uncle Greg spoke of high art. My number four synth pop song obviously can't hold a candle to my number five as far as impact. But dang it, I love it all the same, and I consider this high art. And of course, it's Canadian band Men Without Hats and their irrepressible smash, The Safety Dance from 1982. I told you, high art. That is high art. We can dance if we want to. We can leave your friends behind. Cause your friends don't dance, and if they don't dance, all the no friends of mine. I remember one of the common complaints about MTV in the early days, I'm sure you guys do too, was that it somehow would marginalize the music and become more about image, making it impossible to divorce the song from its video. And yeah, the safety dance is definitely one of those. You can't listen to the song without instantly being transported to an English Renaissance village, complete with fair maidens, punch and Judy performers, and um, little people dancing around a maypole. I, I wasn't referring to you, Uncle Greg, by the way. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> All doing, of course, the safety dance. And who didn't do the safety dance, I ask? I still do it. I still do it. And also, they did it in the Biodome. 
to get him out. They did, yes. They pulled the well, safety tell you, dance on him. If you didn't do the safety dance, it's your loss, buddy. Those who are looking for deeper meaning in the song as an anti-nuclear protest or a safe sex anthem, you're going to be sorely disappointed. <laughs> the only thing the song really protests is against those clubs who banned pogo dancing in the early 80s, and it was written after lead uh, man without hat, Ivan Dorishuk, got kicked out of one such club. It's a fun, completely appealing synth-pop track. A few years ago during the 80s package tour, I finally lived my fantasy of hearing the safety dance live. Actually, not just once, but they played it three times during the set. <laughs> Both its single version and its remix version, and threw in an extra version just for good measure. <laughs> that uh, touring version of Men Without Hats is actually really good if you can catch them. But don't think that Men Without Hats is all about the safety dance. Really, I mean, if you haven't heard the full album that the track comes from, Rhythm of Youth, it's a really good album. And actually, all their albums up through about 1986 are quite good. Remember, you can dance if you want to, and you can incidentally leave your friends behind. And if you agree with my choice of the safety dance at number four this week, then you're certainly a friend of mine. I totally and agree. You're a maniac too. And I know you are a pogo maniac. Oh, yeah. I got to yes. get that film to you. Bueno would have never made it in that club. Great pick. Great pick. And the yeah. Canadian, I can't believe that they were so unkind to kick the pogoers out of the club. Yeah, I know. No, no. I don't know. Must have scared people. Those imbeciles. It was me. Fred and Barney, you can't pogo here. <laughs> Thank you for being with us. The Only Three Lads podcast. <laughs> we are so glad that you hang out with us. Don't forget, if you have a smart speaker, you can just say Alexa or Google. Play the Only Three Lads podcast. And then we're hanging out, having a fun time talking music with you. Stick around. We'll be back in two and two with more of our list this week. The top five synth pop songs of the Only Three Lads era. The robots really are taking over. Yep. Ah. It's time for your Only Three Lads music news. A co-founder of one of the largest music festivals in the country says concerts likely won't make a comeback until 2022. Lollapalooza co-founder Mark Geiger says it's going to take a while before people go from being afraid of the coronavirus back to what he calls the claustrophobia economy where everybody wants to go out. A pro-Trump campaign video using the song In the End by Linkin Park has been pulled off Twitter after a copyright complaint the band issuing a cease and desist order. And this one's a heartbreaker. British rock publication Q Magazine will close after 34 years. The next issue, which comes out on July 28th, will be the last. The magazine was hit hard by the COVID-19 pandemic. And that is your Only Three Lads music news. You're buckled up for a non-stop classic alternative thrill ride. Only three lads. Gosh, we love the O3L community. Listener Jeff Pierce wrote us a very nice review that says, The thing I like most about O3L is that with every podcast, I get to reminisce on old stuff I already know, but also get to learn new things I haven't heard before. Brett Bueno and Uncle Greg are a triple threat of musical knowledge. Three cool guys covering the coolest music from 1974 to 1999. As a music fan, this is <clears throat> just like heaven. Thank you, Jeff. We appreciate you. You can be a part of the O3L community, too, at Facebook.com slash Only Three Lads. Now back to the show. Oh, 
baby. Go baby, 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 baby. What is this guy, a rock manager or a gynecologist? <laughs> Welcome back to the Only Three Lads podcast, where we take a look at the golden age of alternative music from 1974 to 1999. I'm Uncle Greg. We have Brett Fargo. We have Bueno. And this week, we're counting down our top five synth pop songs of the Only Three Lads area. Excuse me. Area? Of the area? Three Lads era. Area 51. Here we are. Area. That's, that's my brain. Area 53. No one even knows where that <laughs> is. Not even me. But we're counting down. I think it was so far pretty awesome. Yes. Pretty cool stuff. Radical. All right. Well, we're up to my number three this week. A little bit of a crossover, but not 100%. Now, uh-huh. those bands, first two albums, Upstairs at Eric's, and you and me both were highly successful in the United Kingdom. Uh, at number three this week of my top five synth pop songs, Yaz or Yazoo, depending on where you were in the world at the time. Of course, here in America, they were Yaz because of some copyright, uh, blah, 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 lawyer stuff. Um, but the band's first single, Vince Clark, wrote the song Only You while in Depeche Mode. And from what I read, he offered this song to the band as a parting gift. But uh, Martin Gore and Dave Gahan turned it down. Sure. Uh, it became an instant success. Peking got number two on the UK charts. Not a bad beginning, adding to Clark's disdain for his pop stardom. That's one of the reasons why he left Depeche Mode. Now, as the story goes, I read this one time, uh, Vince Clark wrote Only You, and then when it was turned down, he was thinking, okay, I want some emotion. So this is where he gets that soul and blues singer, Alison Moyer, because he went and saw her. I think she was a friend of a friend. She came to his flat and they recorded the song. And then a few weeks later, it was this big song on the UK charts. And that's a great way to start, but it's not a great way how to start a relationship with all that success right away. Apparently, Alison Moyes once said that it was like an arranged marriage. And when I read this recently, Vince Clark was saying that one of the reasons why he wanted to get out of Yazoo so bad and kind of wanted to go a different direction, he went with Eurasia. Because, of course, Vince Clark should be all over our list between Depeche Mode and Yazoo and then Erasure. He made and some the of assembly. the greatest. Yeah, all oh. the synth pop. I mean, he's like he should be the godfather of synth pop. But when that all went down, he had said recently, I read somewhere that they didn't even really know each other. And that all of a sudden they were cast together and they were this huge, you know, group and they were touring and being on TV shows and they didn't even know each other. And Hmm. so that's where a lot of the tension and then the back and forth and then they finally fell apart. Of course, they both went on to success as individuals, but you could basically pick the whole album upstairs at Eric and it could just be my whole list because there's so many great songs on there. Don't go situation, winter kills. But number three this week for me, one of my favorite songs ever. Yazoo, only you. On my top Great five song. synth pop songs. It's a lovely song. Love song. It's haunting and it just grabs me by my heart. And it's like only you. I, I don't know. I've always loved this song. And it's just, it's just perfect. Her voice is incredible. Like, well, that's like her when she went solo, uh, Love Resurrection. Another song yeah. that could be on one of our list. But she did incredible things. But be, coming from like a blues singer, a jazz singer type of thing. And then she became this synth pop princess. Don't know if that bothered her, but hopefully it didn't. Because I'm sure it bought her a few houses and let and just working very well for her right now in retirement or whatever she's doing she's an incredible artist yep it allowed her to sustain quite a career old alf (laughs) she she was good in the tv show too oh yeah yeah (laughs) 
Alf. That show. Oh, bueno. I know. Uh, that's an incredible record by her. Alf. Yeah, up, upstairs at Eric's. Alf. No, upstairs at Eric's. And upstairs at Eric. That's yep. that's one of the greatest ones of all time to, for, you know, for me. Your number three, Bueno. All right. So my number three is by a band called Information Society. Oh, wow. Look at that. Oh, what's on your mind, you man? I want to know what you're thinking. Is it pure energy? It's a song. Pure energy. Yeah. Pure energy. Uh, that's actually Leonard Nimoy's voice from the Star Trek episode, Aaron of Mercy. Uh, there's also a sample of uh, DeForest Kelly's voice from the episode one, where I think he says, I'm mud, or whatever. So um, the song actually is pretty cool. It's actually one of the uh, greatest one-hit wonders of the 80s. It actually placed number 74. And But actually had two other hits, uh, Walking Away, which I really love that one. That got to number nine and Think to number 28. And uh, the song spent 25 weeks on the Billboard 100, selling over half a million copies. In 1989, Pittsburgh radio station KYDDFM executed a early viral marketing plan by playing this song nonstop in a loop for 25 and a half hours, focusing on the repeat of Pure Energy like 25 and a half hours as uh, wow. Mr. Spock. The marketing stunt caused listeners to call emergency services concerned that some calamity had been fallen <laughs> to the DJs, station employees. I mean, they thought the station was taken over. Somebody got hurt, killed, whatever. Who knows? Bob Hank, general manager at Time, told reporters he was only trying to draw attention to the station switch and format and new call letters, which were WNRJ. NRJ equals energy. So they were trying to draw a little bit of attention, and I think they did it. So it uh, worked pretty good. And uh, that song actually was U.S. number one. And uh, that's my number three for the top five synth songs, Information Society. What's on your mind, baby? Pure energy. That's a good one. I always link those guys with EMF, kind of like that early 90s yeah. kind of trip hop. And I don't know why, because it's really not. Really? For some reason, I just think it all came out around the same time. And for some reason, my brain puts them with EMF and uh, like 2 Unlimited. Remember them with the techno? Yeah. Yep. So I, I kind of lumped them with those bands, even though they're really not techno. But they were kind of more of just a pop band. And then I don't know. Yeah. And they were on Tommy Boy Records, along with De La Soul and a bunch of other great oh, wow. hip hop artists. So yeah, I was completely watching the wrong. video pretty funny the video is pretty hilarious yeah it was the song on the commercial for uh power 106 the top 40 station in la at the time that played all the high energy dance music and oh. the girl on the boardwalk and roller skates with that song playing in the background oh yeah i'll tell you for a 14 year old boy that was quite a commercial <laughs> and those shorts were short <laughs> yeah, yes short shorts yeah yeah <laughs> So well, that's my number three. All right. Well, my number three isn't really the first song or artist that comes to mind when you think of synth pop. But to me, it's one of the most representative tracks of what the Fairlight synthesizer and digital workstation did to pop music in the mid 80s. It's also one of the most emotionally charged, sensual and haunting songs of the era and is still considered by its author under its original title of A Deal With God, which was a title that made record executives a little uneasy in 1985. Yeah, if you haven't guessed by now, it is Kate Bush and her song Running Up That Hill 
the lead single from her classic album, Hounds of Love. Throughout her long career, Kate Bush has demonstrated a beguiling and bewitching ability to sweep the listener away to ethereal, far-off lands, and no track does this better in my mind than Running Up That Hill. It's a song about a relationship between a man and a woman, pretty simple, but presents common pop song fodder in a new way, or at least in a more poignant and poetic way. In the song, Bush contends that man and woman can't truly understand each other's perspectives and can't completely come to terms with one another's insecurities, but perhaps we could if we could only make a deal with God to swap places. It speaks volumes about the fragile physical and emotional connection of the human relationship, but also the spiritual connection between humans and their higher power. Building upon layers of Fairlight synthesizer and Lynn program drums, Bush emotes her lyrics in her typical acrobatic voice that makes the record sound both magical and intimate. Its use of minor chords, sixths, sevenths, ninths, and suspended chords leads to a certain unresolved tension to the song that's pure genius. I've tried playing it on guitar. It's pretty difficult. You, it's you and me. It's synth pop cloaked as art rock, or maybe it's the other way around. But it's power, it's poetry, and it's my number three, Running Up That Hill by Kate Bush. Great artist. Great I love it. Great song, great artist. I don't care for the remake, though. Uh, the one that came out like in the early 2000s? No, no there's the one, one recently playing. Recently. playing on, yeah. Oh, oh, you're talking uh, Meg something or other. Yeah. Yeah, it's all right. From Chick with Blue yeah, or doesn't, doesn't hold a candle to Kate. Yeah. yeah. Have you guys ever heard of an artist? I, he's Scandinavian named Jorn. He does a cover of this song, but it's a, like a rock metal vet version. I do mm, like that. Yeah. It's pretty I'm good. I'm certain I haven't. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Kate Bush, she was one of those people who really spent a lot of time in the recording studio making some of the best songs that still hold up today yeah yep. i wish she would do more of it nowadays i just think she's done she's like whatever she, yeah. she wants to do her garden and not have to deal with anybody and i get that i really yeah do. i get yeah. that all right well we're up to our number two of our top five synth pop songs of the only three lads era and my number two song is a song that lives in the consciousness of every only three lads community member it's off the album power corruption and lies of course it's new order and blue monday so the younger people the album cover they wouldn't have a clue what it was because the original diecast sleeve looked like a floppy disk the future in 1983 right now show that to your kid it, we could almost make probably youtube videos you know how they, they give the rotary phone to teenagers and tell them make a call and they are like puppies you know like you know with like boots on they don't have any idea where to put their fingers or what to do But New Order and Blue Monday is one of the best things about being in our 40s, 50s, and 60s because we lived our years, our teen years, in the 80s. Blue Monday, one of those songs I'm sure that we all got drunk to and danced like no one was watching. Devil House, Club Rio, and Tempe by Arizona State University for me. But New Order has a number of gorgeous classic anthems of electronic music. This tops the list for me. How does it feel? Blue Monday, New Order, my number two 
synth pop song of the only three lad era this week. Oh my well, well, well. Oh, How about is there going to be a crossover? What an intelligent choice. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be a triple one. Triple no, one. We'll see. Okay. Wena, what's your number two? All right. So my number two is from 1979. I was mentioning earlier from an English band called the uh, Tubeway Army. Our Friends Electric, uh, released as a single May 4, 79, reached number one in the UK singles chart, staying there for four weeks. And this was written and produced, of course, by Gary Newman. And the band's frontman and lead vocalist, uh, Newman, actually stumbled upon synthesizers by accident. He was actually intending to record a punk album when he noticed a Minimog uh, synthesizer that had been left in the studio. And that's what started it all for him. The rest is history. All of his uh, early songs, yeah, were about being alone or misunderstood as a teenager. Uh, he'd been sent to a child psychologist and put up medication. He had Asperger's and saw the world differently. You know, he had merged himself in sci- sci-fi writers. His lyrics came to him from short stories. And these machines, friends come to your doors and they supply services of various kinds. But your neighbors never know what they really are since they look human. And the one in the song is about a prostitute, hence the in- inverted commas. But when it was released in 1979 and sold a million copies, and it had a number one single about a song about a robot prostitute, and no one ever knew it was. And Our Friends Electric has been a mainstay of uh, Newman's concert since its release and appears on all 10 of his live uh, recordings to date. And that's my number two top five synth songs in the O3L era. Gary Newman and the Two-Way Army are our friends on that trip. So now I'm alone, now I can think for myself about all the deals and nephews. Great pick. Hmm. What an intelligent pick. <laughs> Uh-oh. I feel it coming. Uh-oh. See, but Gary Newman, I've already brought him up because Cars is, I was 10 uh-huh. years old, in the arcades playing Asteroids. And then yep. when that would come on and jam, oh, I would kill every rock <laughs> in Asteroids <laughs> way back in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, my number two <laughs> is Two Way Armies, Our Friends Electric from 1979. <laughs> I knew. <laughs> Crossover. And no song on my list, at least, represents the robotic aspects of synth pop better than this one. Of course, it's a cold and detached ode to alienation about, yes, as Bueno said, a robot prostitute, which I think is pretty awesome. Which I think is the future, by the way, too. Uh, I think a lot of people are heading in that direction. Well, we can oh, only hope. Life imitates oh, art. Wait a minute. Hold on, guys. What? Bananas. Woody Allen. Bananas are robot prostitutes. Oh, bananas. Yeah. In that movie. Oh, oh. Or was that Sleeper? No, I think it was Sleeper. He had, he actually jumped into the uh, the robotic uh, s- sexual machine. Hmm. They're being developed right now in Asia. We're just waiting for him. I thought it was Cabin Boy. No. No. (laughs) (laughs) And we So what Newman crafted in Our Friends Electric, or Two-Way Army, is really unique. 
in that it has no real chorus or vocal hook like most pop music, but it creates something entirely memorable simply by letting the robots do the heavy lifting. The multiple synth lines going on throughout the song provide the hook, and coupled with Newman's arch Bowie-esque vocals, effectively conveys the theme of a dystopian world full of paranoia and loneliness. As you said also, Bueno, all you really need to know about the title is that Friends is in inverted quotes, because these are not real friends after all, these are electric friends, and I am doing air quotes right now, yep. dear podcast listeners. Under one of my Technopop aliases in the 90s, The Alien, I recorded a very primitive cover of this song, which I will try to dig up if I can. But besides my version, which is not brilliant, this record is brilliant. It's synthtastic, trademark pending. <laughs> and over 40 <laughs> years later, it still sounds light years ahead of its time. So cozy up with your favorite robot whore and enter the gloomy world of Our Friends Electric by Two-Way Army, my number two synth pop song this week. All right. Well, Look at that crossover. Yeah. Good crossover. In the same position, mm -hmm. said the robot. <laughs> As I'm getting storms here. You're getting storms? Yeah, yeah big time. Hopefully I don't get knocked off here. So. Oh, well, then we better hurry this along. Okay. Hey, first yeah. of all, you are our friends. We are not robotic. We want to thank you for joining us here each week on the Only Three Lads podcast. Don't forget, please get over to Facebook. You can like us, hit the notifications. Our new episodes come out every single Tuesday. And we'll be back right after this with our number ones from our top five synth pop songs of the Only Three Lads era. Hang in there for our number ones. <laughs> believe in reincarnation because I refuse to come back as a bug or as a rabbit. Depeche Mode continues their series of 12-inch single box sets with a 10-piece vinyl set focusing on the Violator album. The Go-Go's have announced their first new song since 2001 with Club Zero out July 31st, 2020, a week ahead of their Showtime documentary, and promises in the band's words to be punky, anthemic, and infused with the Go-Go sense of humor. Finally, a 3-CD, 1LP deluxe box celebrating the replacement's 1987 classic Please to Meet Me is set for release October 9th, featuring 29 unreleased demos, outtakes, and rough mixes, including the last sessions that original guitarist Bob Stinson recorded with the band. We are back on the Only Three Lads podcast, where we take a look at the golden age of alternative music from 1974 to 1999. Thank you for hanging out with us once again and talking music. I'm Uncle Greg. We have Brett Vargo, the PhD of music, and we have the ambassador, hey. Bueno. PhD. How'd you get that PhD? I got it from the great Gazoo. <laughs> okay, cool. You knucklehead. You knucklehead so, in, hey guys, in one word, describe our list this week. Synthtastic. All right. Bueno. Awesomely fun. That's two words. I know. I, I wrote them together. Sorry. Yeah. There's no space <clears throat> in there. That could happen. It's a hype. I would just put fun because yeah, I definitely love all these songs. Yeah. I know all these songs thus far. And of course, we're at our number one of the top five synth pop songs of the only three lads era. You guys ready to get your number ones out there? Ready to get our number ones on. Yeah. Starting with you. My number one is a band that could just basically fill all five spots of my list of the top synth pop, uh, we wind. 
Could you follow a list of the top synth synth? You know, synth songs is not a, a good phrase for synth, me. Synth no, I know. Yeah. Say that chef five times in a row. We'll see how synth, that works. Songs, synth, 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 songs, synth, synth, synth songs, synth songs, synth songs. Three. Holy crap! Okay, that's here only we go. three. Oh <laughs> no, I, I had two when you were talking about so synth songs, synth song, synth song, synth song, synth song. It's this is be, intriguing podcast. No, it is. Uh-huh. This is this is where we this is where we're going to win awards. Uh, uh-huh. But another band could, that could fill all five spots on my list of the top synth songs of all time. Um, I can't say why, but my number one song, Depeche Mode, Shank the Disease. I love Depeche Mode. I have since, gosh, my early teens. Uh, but the mark of a great song is that it means so many different things to so many different people. This shake the disease, some people believe it's about drug addiction, mental health, lovesick. I'm going with lovesick because Dave Gahan's heroin addiction wasn't until the 90s, but shake the disease came out in 1985, part of a compilation albums of the singles from 81 to 85 and catching up with Depeche Mode. The song was number one on K-Rock, the world's famous K-Rock in LA, the countdown of 1985. And why is it my number one song? Uh, I don't know if it's a connection to the understand me line uh, or if it's just super connectable for me because I'm kind of an introvert. On the podcast, I can say whatever. On the radio, I'm fine. Take me to a party. I'm in the corner and I'm observing. I'm like the weirdo in the corner. I was like, who is that guy? And why doesn't he blink? I have no idea why I'm that way, but I am. Uh, but it's one of the most original songs from one of the most original bands. And my number one song this week of the top five synth pop songs, Depeche Mode, Shake the Disease. Staring contest, go. Oh my gosh. I will let my eyes dry out and I will win. I am tenacious. <laughs> Yeah, I'll sit there and just stare at you until my eyes start watering. (laughs) This is the deal. I've always been called like the watchdog. I've always kind of known more details than the normal person knows about some things, especially news, because I was always like a news hound. Even as a little kid, I'd watch news and then correct my teachers. They loved me for that. Um, Oh, I bet they did. Oh, yeah, they sure did, Mr. Eno. Sure you're wrong. And then I would, you know, cite sources and uh, play devil's advocate, and then I would win, and then he would get mad at me. Um, But what I was saying is that... um, (laughs) We're now to our number ones. I have no idea what I was saying. So, Gwenna, what's your <laughs> number, number one, one this week? Uh, number one is a little respect. That's it. That's it. You guys know Vince that. Clark yeah, rears his ugly head again. We just have to have a little Raise respect. Your, period. He's yeah. all over our list, but he should yeah. Yep. My buddy there, Richard Blade, actually, um, I was listening to him. Was it like Thursday? I think it was. And. He's like, this is one of my favorite uh, dance songs. And I'm like, oh, there it is. There's my number one.
So thank you, Richard, for uh, helping me pick my number one. And uh, oh, by the way, Richard, clean shaven is your best look. That goatee. Sorry, brother. It's not you. It was a little bit uh, sparse. He doesn't really yeah, have a big, very sparse. Beard. It was. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Krista. You guys know how I feel about you. I love my favorite couple, and that's my number one. Top five songs, top five synth songs in the 03L era. Erasure. Little respect, man. I don't really have to say much. Nope. This song tells itself. This world needs that respect and love right it now. It does. It does need it's respect terrible. and love. It's terrible, people. Come on. Yep. All right. Well, we had mentioned at uh, the beginning, I think, that, you know, like most weeks, we all jot down a bunch of songs. This week was no exception. I put down dozens of songs that I knew could not make the cut. But my number one choice represents the apex of a particular style of synth pop that I absolutely adore. The percolating dance club floor filler that features a sublime sugar rush pop melody and deals with the very real human emotions of love, longing and confusion. This is the type of record that I mentioned where the reliance on overly mechanical elements actually enhances the rawness of the human emotion. This song implies representation for songs that I didn't pick, like When in Rome's The Promise, Walking Away by Information Society that you had mentioned, Bueno, Con Can's uh, I Beg Your Pardon, songs like that. So from 1986, my number one choice is Bizarre Love Triangle by, yes, of course, New Order. Woo! I do not only consider this arguably the greatest synth pop song of all time, but also one of the greatest songs of any pop subgenre. Like Running Up That Hill, the track is built off of the Fairlight CMI digital workstation, with everything from its orchestral hits to its choir being synthesized, with the exception of Peter Hook's bass and Bernard Sumner's vocals. All of the pieces on this track fit into place perfectly. The hammering synth line that opens up the track, to the explosive drum hits that kick the song into high gear, the stunning opening line, every time I think of you, I feel shot right through with a bolt of blue, the way that Hook's real bass dances around the synth bass line, the swirling of the Fairlight strings before launching into the sheer perfection of its heart-wrenching chorus. Everything is just impeccably executed. The song is a thing of rare and immeasurable beauty and one of the most beloved songs of the alternative era. It's been covered countless times, of course, most successfully in my mind by the Australian band Frente in the 90s, proving that the song itself translates very well outside of the synth pop environment. Hard to believe then that the single was actually a commercial flop upon its release, once again showing a severe lack of taste on the part of the general mainstream music buying public. But heck, I guess that's the very reason why we do this show, so all's not lost. So there's my number one, Bizarre Love Triangle by New Order. Great song. Another New Order song of mine that I really love is Perfect Kiss. Oh, yeah. Again, New Order, Yazoo, Depeche Mode could have taken up all five spots on my list this week. Yeah, I love all those. I think mine for uh, New Order is Regret. Regret's a great one, too. I love that song. Well, I was really happy because in 94, when Regret came out, that I got to spin that band because they were always a huge band of mine that I always loved. And then when I got into alternative radio, that was the one that came out. And, you know, you could play. I was like so happy to play new music from New Order. I remember doing that right next to Beck. That that album was great. Oh, yeah, it was was a great album. Still is. It is. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, let's go down our list right now of our top five 
synth pop songs of the Only Three Lads era. My number five, Kim Wilde, Kids, Kids in America. Visage at number four with Fade to Gray. Number three, Yaz, Only You. Number two, New Order, Blue Monday for me. And number one, Depeche Mode, Shake the Disease. Uh, my number five, OMD, So in Love. Yazoo, number four, Don't Go. My number three, Information Society, What's on Your Mind, Pure Energy. My number two is Gary Newman and the Two Boy Army. Our friends Electric, crossover with Master Brett, PhD. And my number one, Erasure. A little respect, people. Well, I feel left out because I didn't pick Yazoo, but my top five is number five, Donna Summer, I Feel Love. Number four, Men Without Hats, The Safety Dance. Number three, Kate Bush, Running Up That Hill. Number two, Two Boy Army, The Crossover with Our Friends Electric. And number one, New Order, Bizarre Love Triangle. So we had crossovers with New Order, Two Boy Army, and Yaz slash Yazoo. Yep. All of yep. our crossovers. Cool. Great list this week. Pop Some songs. Synth. Boy, this was a hard one for me this week, but I'm very yeah. happy now that it's all over with. How many did you have, Brett? I think I finally narrowed it down to 34, but I I started with a heck of a lot more than that. <laughs> I didn't count them. Well, some of my honorable mentions, Trans X, Living on Video, Howard Jones, of course, Flock of Seagulls. Uh, there was a Berlin. I'm, I'm kind of sad Berlin mm-hmm. didn't make any Pet Shop Boys. List. Pet Shop Boys. Yeah. The West End Pet Girls. Shop Boys. Yeah. Yeah. Ultravox didn't make any lists. Yep. Kind yep. of though, Visage, though, those guys were, they they kind of like uh, through shade or kind of in a backdoor way made our list. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. They backdoored it in. Another great week. Another great uh, fun time talking about music. We got to get the randomizer on the Only Three Lads podcast going, seeing what we're going to be talking about next week. So hit okay. that button, Brett. Let's go, buggy buggy. No whammies. No Yoko Ono. Oh, thank you. That would be a whammy. That. Oh, that would not be a whammy. She made my long list. On Top five love with, with, songs with, 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 with Which one of her songs? Yoko Ono, the ah, or the ah, or the no, yeah. You're the one. You're, you're the, the one, one from Milk and Honey. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. It's a great track. Yeah, it is. All right. Uh, let's see. We got the top five albums of 1985 coming up. Ooh, that's going to be a hard one. Ooh, oh, boy. boy. So when's this due? <laughs> Next week? Uh, 30 minutes. 30 minutes. Oh, Get okay. on it. I'm already. Bueno, what do you remember from 1985? What's the one thing that you remember? Pretty hot girl in Phoenix, Arizona. Nice. Uh-huh. Brett, you're like 10. What do you remember? Yeah, 10, 11. Yeah. Uh, I remember uh, sitting in Mr. Ralph's class and uh, the girls sobbing because Wham broke up. <laughs> <laughs> I think I have the same memory. Wham. <laughs> All right. I was actually at the point at South Mountain, honestly. With a hot girl, 1985. Wow. Yep. It's hard to believe that was 35 years ago. Hey. 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 Yeah, I'll oh be 61 God. here in like 20, less than 20 days. So. That's scary. It's just a number. That's, that's scary. Oh, by the way, people keep tuned in. There's going to be some pretty incredible information and stuff coming out uh, that uh, all three of us are working on. So uh, that's all I could say about that right now. Yes. And once again, thank you for joining us each week. And don't forget, tell your friends, tell your family, heck, tell your enemies. We can all hang out. And it's one connection that we have, no matter who you are, what you believe, who you're going to vote for. But we all love the music of the Only Three Lads era from 1974 to 1999, the golden age of alternative music. Guys, is there anything you want to say before we get out of here? Well, thank you all for being our friends. And you are very electric. And none of you, as far as I know, are robot whores. Bueno? Nope. Nope. Not yet. But all we need to do is just have a little respect and 
Let's keep loving each other and of course, be bueno. The theme music is Frequency, written and performed by yours truly, Brett Vargo. Any other music in this episode is presented solely for purposes of review, examination, and news reporting. If you like what you hear, go to your record store and pick up the LP, CD, cassette, or 8-track, or stream it if you're one of those newfangled fancy pants. If we're lucky enough to still have these artists with us, go out and see some live music. For the latest updates, join the O3L community at facebook.com slash only3lads. We want to hear from you. And while you're at it, click on the Shop Now link for the coolest threads. Until next time, thanks for listening. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.